station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick, joined as always by my co-host and movie expert, Melissa Kersher. Hello. And my co-host and movie doofus, Jenny Young. <laughs> movie doofus. Yes. <laughs> movie doofus. That's I'm a movie doofus. Movie doofus. Movie doofus. Uh, we are doing our, what we hope to be, is annual holiday episode, but it's going to be a challenge mm. because it turns out the one kind of movie that Jenna has seen a lot of is holiday slash Christmas movies. Yep. And so we had to kind of dig around to find something that we were going to do. Uh, and um, so what we're going to do today is Trading Places. Yeah. That is our holiday movie for A Real Education 2013. Jenna, tell us what you know about Trading Places. Okay. Um, I've, I, it's my understanding that Trading Places is a holiday movie where there's like two guys that one of them is like super high class and one of them is super low class and they swap and then they both learn valuable lessons. That's uh, <laughs> remarkably uh, spot on. Yes. Uh, yes. For the basic plot synopsis mm-hmm. of the first two thirds of the movie. I've That's seen a true. lot of holiday movies, so I yeah. know how this learning valuable lessons things works. Holiday That's movies true. are all about learning. They valuable really lessons. are, except <laughs> perhaps Gremlins. Except for half well, gremlins, nobody learns anything. You don't feed lesson. them after midnight. That's a valuable lesson. <laughs> the valuable lesson is the rules should be followed. There That's you go. Valuable. See? Uh, so, um, I know I told my wife we were doing this, and Pat was like, well, that's not a great movie. And I'm like, you know what? It's not all about great movies here on The Real Education. See, see, that's filthy lies. This is a great movie. It is an awesome oh, movie. I really enjoy this movie. Uh, it stars Eddie Murphy at what I would oh. consider to be the height of his movie star uh-huh. fame. Yay. The, the, this is um, before he started making multiple clump movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Dan Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd at the height of his powers. Ooh, yes. Yeah. And Can a I very, just say... Uh, totally interrupting. Every time I hear the name Eddie Murphy, uh, Beverly Hills Cop goes through my mind. As it should. As it should. But that's not this movie. This movie has Dan Aykroyd in it. Beverly Hills Cop does not. And this film also has a very young Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. Oh, that's the other thing. I heard that you get to see your boobies. <laughs> Which That's, I'm very conflicted you're really, about. You're, you're, you're looking forward to that. Is what our, well, wait, how young is she? She's pretty young. Is it she's over like, 18? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, then yeah, yeah, I am fine she's, with she's, it. She's, she's yeah. She's yeah. of age. No, yes. There we but, go, uh, then. I am excited. Okay. <laughs> I like boobies. Boobies are neat. So, uh, what else do you want to... I mean, I think uh, there's, a, there's a cameo that it happens in another movie that we'll have to talk about after the break oh, yes. of two characters that yes. just sort of pop up mm-hmm. elsewhere in the 80s. This yeah. is our, we've, we've made several forays into the 80s. And this is an <coughs> 80s film uh, as well. We were, this is our second 80s film in a row. Yeah. Which, now. it's kind of surprising to me because I, I grew up in the 80s. So there are more 80s films that I have seen overall as far as films that I've seen. But apparently none um, of the good ones. Well, apparently. <laughs> well, I, I, think, I think part of it is, you know, first of all, our generation, you know, really prizes a lot of the movies of the early 80s. Or, you know, even up until, like, 1987 or so, you know, 
it, that's a really great chunk of movie making. It is. There, there are a lot of direct came out in those years, but also some really great stuff. But, but you know, I kind of see it as, like, uh, the 1970s were this golden era of filmmaking, and it kind of drifted into the 80s. And it was a very different type of filmmaking that was happening in the 80s, but also there was this... Um, kind of inertia happening in the film industry. I mean, this is sure. just fantastic stuff going on in this period of about 15 years. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then the 90s came around and that sucked. <laughs> and then there was Except moping. for Tarantino. We're going oh, to find some 90s movies that were good and we are going to watch them. Oh, hell yeah. At some point. Yeah. Yep. We have so, ideas. Yeah. After we watch all these 80s movies. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. 82. We still the problem is, is that I am a Tarantino fan. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of Tarantino. Well, which, there, there's more than Tarantino, but... Eh. Yeah. There is more than Tarantino. There all is right. more than Tarantino. Yeah, it's we not probably. just a desert with Kevin Tarantino. Smith. I've seen a lot of Kevin Smith, too. There's Wait. also more than Kevin Smith. Yes. Um, but, so, anyway. uh, this is this is Eddie Murphy at, I think, the height of his comedic powers. Yes. Uh, and... Also, Dan Aykroyd, who I think has always been kind of underrated, yeah, uh, in that original Saturday Night Live troupe, uh, and he really, I think, does some wonderful work. Yes, in this film. So we're gonna go off. We're gonna watch Trading Places, and while we are doing that, uh, I will magically place a transition between now and the end of the movie, and it will seem as if very little <laughs> time has passed on your side in the time warp that is. A real education. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bell swing and jingle bells ring. Snowing and blowing up bushels of fun. Now the jingle hop has begun. And we are back. We've just finished watching Trading Places. Places were traded, as <laughs> Jenna predicted. And then, uh, as I said, there was about one-third of the movie left. Yes. Uh, as it switches from a social commentary piece to a uh, revenge fantasy. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but but I, Jenna was also completely correct on breasts. And yes. There are boobies. There were more boobies than I expected. Yeah, well, the, and it was Jamie Lee the, Curtis. There, well, there was that. But there were other boobies as well. Yes, that's in, true. In one of the other parties. That's true. Because it's a John Landis film. The, the gentleman who directed this film is the man who is also behind uh, American Werewolf in London and... Uh, you know, uh, Blues Brothers and, you know, several eight, 1980s and even, I think, even late 70s comedies, which, by and large, most of them... Boobies? Featured there were boobies. boobies. topless <laughs> women. Yeah. yeah. He, he is a great admirer of the, the topless ladies, yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, there we go, then. Mm-hmm. So, boobies. Boobies. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh. <laughs> He also did Animal House. I think that's an oh, important. Animal one. House, uh, yeah. key, yes, yep. yes. And so. the Three Amigos. There you go. Oh boy, so. and yeah, and then and of course a. Uh, <laughs> oh, I hate bringing this up. The uh, one of the segments in Twilight Zone, the movie. Oh yeah. Which effectively ended his career for a very yeah. long time. Was that he? He was the one that he, had the had the two people die on his. Uh, three people. Yeah, three people. That's right. Yeah, he uh, he directed cool. the um, the uh, the wartime segment of Twilight Zone the movie, and during that, uh, they were 
working the crew over way over time and they should not have been working and um there was a scene where Vic Morrow was carrying two children uh in what was like a rice paddy and there was supposed to be a, a helicopter and the helicopter crashed and killed the kids and the actor oh so yeah and oh, it, it was it was very it was very tragic mm. and um he really hasn't had a whole lot of Hollywood work since. Uh. Um, he, his his uh, in the, over the last five ten years, he's started to come back a little bit, doing a little bit more work, and uh, he's a very interesting gentleman. But you know, he he accepts responsibility for what okay. happened on sure. the on the that set, and yeah. Oh God, he's got to just feel horrid. Yeah. I don't know if I could. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's really uplifting. That's great. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry to leave. <laughs> Yay, a holiday show. Sorry, but but that that happened very soon after this. If it, it was within a couple of years. Yeah, after I'm not this. sure. I, I can look huh. it up. Yeah, Twilight's but, in the movie. I want to say it was '85 or so, which was two. So we just finished watching a comedy. Yes, yes, <laughs> very uh, a, a very good comedy. This is well actually uh, was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. I, oh. I taped it off of. I taped it off of TV, which means all of the bad words are bleeped out, and Aww. and there were alternate cuts where, uh, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis removed her shirt, and you know, you just saw like a bra, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ATV cuts. By the way, Twilight Zone, the movie was his next film. Oh <gasps> man! Oh wow! That's hard, man. So he made this, and then, you know, and uh, it's important, you know, this is. Eddie Murphy, this is one of Eddie Murphy's breakout roles. He does yeah. 48 Hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does very well. And then he does Trading Places. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a couple of years, about a year later, he does Beverly Hills Cop. And his star... Well, Eddie Murphy has been very good at, at, at catching a rising star and pulling it to the ground as rapidly as possible. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, because he, he makes a lot of bad choices in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, most recently he, he probably had the best supporting actor for Dreamgirls locked up. Yeah. Until, what was the film that came out during Oscar season? That was I, th- just, I think it was Norbit or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was just bad and horribly offensive, huh. and it cost him an Oscar. Yeah. Um, wow. You know, so Eddie Murphy is one of those, I mean, it's hard to say he's, it's tragic. The man is making plenty of money. Yeah, sure. Uh, he's not... He's not miserable in his life but he artistically makes really bizarre choices Mm -hmm. but trading places is is one of those movies where he i think is young enough and what do you want to say hungry enough yeah that that he's making the right calls and also they clearly let murphy riff a lot yeah sure in these early movies um you know which is Interesting because one thing you see in the early 80s that I think is jarring now, 30 years later, is the level of homophobia there is in these films. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. It, it's just, it's everywhere. And you didn't, I don't You didn't even think of it back then. You didn't think of it back yeah. then. And now you're like. Unless you lived in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now you're like, holy shit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of it in here. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, also, Negro. Nigger. Yeah. Well, that was that was, that was atrocious language back then too. Yeah, it was very specifically to highlight how awful these people were, right. but that that they would never have one of those people working in their family company. Right. But uh, to show that against just the 
the blatant, like, uh, homophobia. Which is <laughs> interesting in that they, yeah. they make it very clear that the use of these words, like, Negro and nigger are really offensive, and yet they're throwing the word faggot around. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's apparently fine. Yeah, but it, it's it's a different time, and that doesn't excuse it, but it's, it's fascinating. <laughs> it is. Uh, the, the thing that I always find interesting about this movie is, is there's this presumption that these two characters actually... The, 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 John, the, the Aykroyd and Murphy characters... You, they the Dukes assume that Murphy's character is completely incompetent. Mm-hmm. Sure. And of course, when they and so it's all about well, if we give him the right, the right uh, environment, we can make him competent. Well, no, it's mm-hmm. if you give him the right environment, he can realize that he was already competent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it's nice that the movie sneaks that in there. They don't they don't blatantly say it it's it's actually nicely subtle that that they set up things like Dan Aykroyd's character is kind of a douche but he's not a total douche because in the early part of the the film they show him walking through the bank and everybody's saying good morning to him and he says good morning back as opposed to the dukes and everybody says good morning to the dukes and nobody and they don't talk yeah. back to anybody because yeah. they yeah. are complete snobbish assholes Mm-hmm. Um, and so they set up the fact that Ackroyd's character is not making a complete transition to being a decent guy by the end of the film. That he probably was a decent guy that, given the circumstances that he was in, mm-hmm. behaved as he was expected to behave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like that, that they, they, they put that in there uh, in a film that is really just a... Revenge fantasy film, but yes, you know. Well, yeah, but but they for Christmas, yeah. <laughs> but they make it for they the make baby it Jesus. A, they make it at least a little bit believable. If you thought that Murphy's character was just a complete idiot, who, if he was given a nice house and a nice car, would suddenly become brilliant, as opposed to somebody who was smart already but didn't mm-hmm. really have any respect for himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, it's it, it's a different way of of. Looking at how of those characters, sure, yeah, and I, I like how the the film does a lot to you know humanize you know it's all perhaps not the Dukes but pretty much everybody else you know it's very careful to kind of mm. um, yeah the the butler is a cool guy and he's. You know, you, you get the little hints of he knows what's going on. Yeah. And, and doesn't feel good about it. And doesn't feel good about it. And, you know, you've got the, the prostitute who really clearly is a smart, smart lady. Oh, yeah. You know, even though she's living, you know, really on the bottom rung. And, you know, I, I like how there's this, this view of huge gaps of the social structure, you know, just coming together and kind of collapsing on itself. I am. Um, I, I mean, I, kind of an exaggeration. Social structure and things like that, because I've bounced all over it. Yeah. And, you know, I did my welfare. Mm-hmm. And, and the kinds of expectations that people have on you when they can assign you to a specific class. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you, if, you know, you hear welfare mom and you've got 
maybe not everybody, but there's there's this social construct of uh, a woman who was too stupid to use protection, who uh, is abusing the system for whatever, and there's that concept that exists, and it's it can be difficult to fight out of that uh, when the expectation is that you're just going to be this person that fits the, the mm-hmm. societal idea. So I, on a personal level, really enjoyed this just because it played off of those concepts. Oh, yeah. So it was fantastic. I, I, I also kind of like how the movie very subtly points out the, the obsession of having the, the, oh. the objects, the yes. status symbols. It, you know, it doesn't go after anything blatantly, but it, mm-hmm. you know, I, um, it, it's kind of the thing where, God, where did I hear this being talked about? But it, it, somebody had a conversation with me a while ago, but it was, um, there was something pointed out in that problematic for people of lower income to try and, you know, fight to buy these status symbol things, like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, expensive clothes, or, you know, when really, you know, quote-unquote, you know, really, they should be buying food or things that are more appropriate to their social class. But the thing is, is those status symbols, when used properly, kind of might they, bump them up. They give a, you the edge. A, they give you they they give you an edge in 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 social situations. Yes. So it, I mean, it's the you know poor person walking into uh, a medical office and asking for help, or you know insurance office asking for help. They're going to get treated differently if they're wearing dirty clothes versus a nice suit. Yep. Exactly. You know. And you see that a little you bit. See, in yeah, you see that very much with Ackroyd's character. And yeah, Ackroyd's yeah. character dress dressing down in the way people people treat mm-hmm. him as he he dresses to a low, lower social class. In the same way, when Murphy's character dresses to a higher social class than mm-hmm. than they're in, um, you know, which is I mean, it, we're talking about all this serious stuff, even though really it was just an excuse for them to make jokes, but. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, but, the, the reason it all works is because it's it's poking at that serious it stuff. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And good comedy works because of that, because it, because it, it shines, a, shines a light on some things that are inherently ridiculous or silly. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, the idea that social, that, that one's social standing is tied so much to one's appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they, they you know they, they they deal with race in that situation as well, you know clearly the response to Murphy's character in the beginning of the film has as much to do with his race, as with his class. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they, they, that's no, there's no question there. And the fact that that uh, Ackroyd's character immediately presumes that Murphy's character is trying to steal trying from to steal him, from him. right up, even though the entire time Murphy's character is trying to give him the briefcase back. Yeah. But he's already made that that leap, mm-hmm. and he makes that leap again with Jamie Lee Curtis's character. Mm-hmm. The the she's a prostitute, and therefore, I have a set parameter of what prostitute means, mm-hmm. and I really need somebody to work very hard to break that free. And it's as much of an impeachment of the society in which Ackroyd comes from. Mm-hmm. As it is, Ackroyd's own attitude, you know, the way his friends immediately drop him, mm-hmm. and it, and it's that that impeachment of well, this is the way these people behave. Now, whether or not it's true mm-hmm. or fair 
is yeah. <laughs> certainly... Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it, I think it's an exaggeration on all levels. But, I mean, yeah. It's, it's a very silly film on, on some <laughs> levels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we, have, we have a live... We have a real, quote, air quote, real gorilla. Yeah, real, oh, real gorilla and the... Having man. sex with a fake gorilla. Um... <laughs> And nobody seems to notice that nobody it's a guy in, in a gorilla suit. suit. Yeah, uh, you know we we have to assume that. Or, uh, or the the whole the whole the, the whole train sequence from beginning to end is absolutely ludicrous. It is. I mean, with the not not the party in the the party car, but the the um. You know, the train car with Clarence Beaks in it and all of the characters coming in in disguise and costume, but also sporting accents and character... It, yeah, well, it well just, it's like Eddie Murphy's trying on the character he's going to play in Coming to America. Well, yeah, that's pretty much the origin Which, of interestingly enough, features yeah. the return of Randolph and Mortimer Duke. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they, they, the characters show up in Coming to America as poor guys. As poor guys. Oh. And Eddie Murphy's character donates money to them to help him get them off oh the street. Oh my god, that's fantastic. To get them off the streets, yes. and they're like, we're making business! And you make the assumption that... Two years later, Randolph and Mortimer Duke are just as rich yeah. as, as they were yeah. um, in training oh, places, and probably fantastic. have learned nothing from. Oh yeah, you you presume so. from the experience. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, Eddie Murphy's got this idiotic character, and then you've got Dan Aykroyd coming in in blackface. Mr. <laughs> God, oh my God, that was impressive, boy. Yeah, that that scene just you know, the only one that's at all convincing is Dan O'Malley being an Irish priest because. Yes. Uh, you know yeah. he's Irish. Yes, uh, <laughs> but, but Jamie Lee Curtis, you know the the jokes about you know are you, you're in la- later hosen is because she couldn't do the accent. You know she was originally yeah. supposed to do the Swedish accent, the whole Swedish thing, and but she just couldn't do the accent, so they played with it. Yeah. Oh God, that's hilarious. <laughs> you mean the German accent? Because the, the German accent, yeah, the yeah. German yeah. accent, yeah. yeah. That's uh, yeah, and of course you're like, well, any wouldn't, it, wouldn't it have been easier if they just been normal people instead yeah. of these ridiculous caricatures uh but it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't matter because i mean i mean because eddie Aykroyd... murphy sitting there with this <laughs> shit-eating grin on his face yeah. slapping himself with a cow tail going ha, 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 ha. Oh, it's funny um, beef jerky time beef jerky <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid it is it's so stupid and, I mean, I know why they had to put Aykroyd in, well, not in blackface necessarily, but, I mean, Beaks could, could could have uh, recognized Winthorpe. Sure. And he could have recognized sure. uh, uh, Ophelia. But, uh, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I mean, at, that, at that point, just put him in a Batman suit or something. Ooh, Dan Aykroyd is Batman. <gasps> <laughs> That'd be awesome. I mean... <laughs> that voice of authority thing really well. It's true. The other thing that, you know, I just enjoy about this film is watching future Minnesota Senator Al <laughs> yes. Franken oh. as, the, as the drunken forklift driver. Yes. Oh, that... It's my turn. It's my turn. My turn. But as I said while we were watching, my favorite line in the entire movie is when Denham Elliott says, with utter conviction and purpose, eggnog. <laughs> Yes. Uh-huh. The greatest reading of those two words in the history of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Denham Elliott saying, 
Eggnog. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, for a moment that I had while watching this, uh, which is going to just bring everything down again, uh, but why not? So we're talking brokerage and all the rest of this, and they're going to... Oh, look, it's the train centers. Yeah. Yeah. I just had that moment of, oh, of course that's where they're going. Yeah. Aw. Aw, man. (laughs) (laughs) Bring it down so it's I know. Oh. Yeah. I see see what you did there. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) It's fascinating watching watching movies set. Watching movies set in New York. Yeah. Since the World Trade Centers were destroyed and just going, holy shit, those buildings... We're still there then. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and we had so many, like, like we were talking about it at the beginning of the movie where, you know, there's so many shots to establish where you are. We're in Philadelphia. Where are you? Philadelphia. The train it's, centers it's, were the same thing for New oh, York. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. common film language yeah. to, mm-hmm. to go, I we, we are going to use our credit sequence to establish the city in which we are setting our film. Yeah. By... Eiffel shooting, Tower, you're in Paris. Yeah, and by shooting a, a freeway exit sign that says Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, and then the Liberty Bell, and boom. Yeah. I don't need to tell you anything. Although, else. man, they kept really hammering that home the entire opening sequence. Well, you know. And at the same time, they're also hammering home class yes. by and, showing you really yeah. nice neighborhoods in mm-hmm. Philadelphia and slums in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. And here's, the, here's the thing about Philadelphia in the early 80s. Man, that place was mostly accessible. <laughs> it was in really rough shape. <laughs> there, there, were some re- there were some really high-end areas in Philadelphia, but man, early 80s Philadelphia, by and large, was not a, not a nice place. Sure. It's cleaned up a lot. Mm. It, so it's much nicer now. So yeah, they they establish place, but then they also establish their theme, which is this theme of um, class diversification. Yeah, and, and characters that are you know, you know I mean, it's interesting because the Duke's bat is interesting. It's just mm-hmm. horribly cruel because you're playing with people's lives. Right. But the idea that if you take somebody of one of, of a perfect breeding and education and you just make his life awful, mm-hmm. what will he become? But it's not a fair bet because he doesn't reach that point in his life through his own actions. Right. Sure. He reaches that point in his life through other people's manipulation. And so you really haven't explored how his character would actually, or not even, not, not, not even through his own acts, but through you know completely unexpected, random, horrible stuff. Mm-hmm. And what it is is, it, is it's all designed to really rapidly screw up his sure. life. Right. Um, and so he hits a depression, which is different than turning into a criminal. You know, yeah. And you know, he's well, desperate. Yeah, in desperation. He's desperate. And he's desperate acts. And, but. and Murphy, on the other hand, is given everything that he's never had. Mm-hmm. And so, again, it's just completely unnatural. He's not given a nice-ish place, you know, a nice apartment mm-hmm. and some decent clothes and a low-ranking job and saying, this is your chance to make something of yourself. Do it or don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's given everything on a silver platter, and so it becomes Literally. very easy for him to rise to that level um, because 
because it was there was no work involved. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that you know the social commentary is of course completely ridiculous. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't. It does. It, it the experiment is flawed from the beginning. The experiment itself is flawed, but the yeah. the concepts that they play with yeah. are rather valid. Well, yeah. I also love that the Duke, the um, yeah, uh, the Randolph Randolph Duke was thinking he was going to win the Nobel Prize for this, and it's like, no, you, you have no you have no control. Uh, you, yeah. You, 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 where have you stated your hypothesis? Uh, where's oh, the control see, group? And, I thought he was you know. talking about the the person in the magazine that was going to win a Nobel Prize yeah. for their genetic research. Oh, I know, but I mean, he was. Thing. Yeah, that's true, but still. So. Yeah. Still, I mean, it's like it, but, this yeah. isn't actually scientific. But yeah, really. the 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 whole they 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 they're just farting around. They're doing science wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think we probably uh, explored this movie as much as we need to for the <laughs> light comedic fare that it is. Yeah. Uh, so, any final thoughts before we sign off? Mm. Oh, let's see. Boobies. Ah! Boobies. I, I, I miss early 80s Akron. Yeah. I really uh, do. It, yeah, funny guy. Yeah. I, I, I'm I not as fond of the crystal skull aliens that visited Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> I like the... I, I like this Dan Aykroyd. You know, and the, I haven't the seen that Blues movie, Brothers. but Whoa. that one I haven't seen on purpose. <laughs> yeah, maybe we won't, won't, won't do that. Um, yeah, so I guess final thoughts is... Uh, Happy holiday of your choosing yeah. for the yes. end of December. Yeah, happy, Be that Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or Crimbo. Crimbo. Merry, Merry New Year! Yeah, Merry New Year! Merry New Year! Our next episode will have uh, we just recorded live at the Parkway Theater. Uh, and it will be Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. So look forward to that on January 1st. And have a happy holiday season. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Dee, dee.